Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering. One bank teller instead of the usual five. Slow, fast food lines. Simply not enough staff. Grandma's Office Catering avoided the mass exodus with the respect, appreciation, better wages, and now health insurance. That's how Grandma continues to wow. Grandma'sCatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Brian Ellison. Today is Monday, May 16th. Coming up, today the Kansas Supreme Court hears a challenge to the state's congressional redistricting map. They'll decide the fate of a lower court ruling that the legislature politically and racially gerrymandered the state's four districts to favor Republican candidates. We'll hear the arguments and how the case may unfold. But first... We turn to the end of this year's regular legislative session in Missouri. In a legislative year that's been anything but typical, Missouri lawmakers ended their session Friday in a wholly atypical fashion, passing legislation that could dramatically affect Kansas City's budget, but leaving many of the session's most controversial topics unresolved. The House increased the minimum funding requirements for the Kansas City Police Department. KCUR's Salisa Kalakal has more. Current Missouri law requires Kansas City to allocate 20% of its general revenue to the KCPD every year, but the bill passed by the legislature would raise that threshold to 25%. The bill had strong support from Republicans, who said the bill was a response to city council efforts last year to reallocate some of the KCPD's budget to a community policing fund. Kansas City Mayor Quentin Lucas called the bill a step backward. We need more local influence in terms of how we make our policing decisions. Just today, I'm with the chief of police at the White House talking about how we can make Kansas City safer. The step taken today in Jefferson City does just the opposite of that. The bill now heads to the governor's desk for his signature. That was just one of a cavalcade of bills the House sent to the governor on its final day, many of which passed with broad bipartisan support, including the bill ensuring the right of family members to visit loved ones in the hospital and the establishment of a nursery program for incarcerated mothers in state prisons. Two big education bills passed the day before, the Get the Let Out of School Drinking Water Act, which requires monitoring and filtering, and an increase in state funding for charter schools. All of Friday's action took place after an unprecedented move in the Senate on Thursday night. It adjourned a whole day early. In a year filled with internecine fighting among the Republicans who dominate the chamber, GOP leadership called the whole thing off nearly 24 hours before the deadline, leaving many of the party's legislative hopes unfulfilled. As expected, the last item they took up was a new congressional redistricting map, but surprising many, the Senate actually passed the map approved by the House. The districts will lean six Republican and two Democratic, including Congressman Emanuel Cleaver's Jackson and Clay County District. As Jason Rosenbaum reports, that map's now on the way to the governor's desk. Missouri lawmakers struggled for months to pass a new congressional map. They were primarily stymied by a group of senators who wanted to make the map more favorable to the GOP. But senators used a rarely used motion to dislodge the bill from committee that would create six Republican seats and two Democratic ones. Senator Mike Bernsketter says the move was needed to prevent the courts from getting involved. We've uh, done enough uh, talking and filibustering, and I think it's time to let the process play out. The Senate adjourned for the year after passing the map, killing a number of GOP priorities such as abortion restrictions and banning transgender women from participating in sports. 
Many bills did pass before the senator's early exit. One of the most contentious was an overhaul of Missouri's elections laws, making it even more difficult for some voters to cast a ballot. Voting largely along party lines, the GOP-led House voted 97 to 47 for a bill that requires voters to present a government-issued photo ID to cast a ballot. It also removed pandemic accommodations that made it easier to vote. Republican John Simmons of Washington, Missouri, sponsored the bill. We already have a good system. We just had to make sure it's always better because Missourians want uh, and deserve to know that their election system is trustworthy. Democrats did get their way on one point, a two-week period before each election day, when for the first time in the state, voters will be able to cast an absentee ballot without having to give a reason. Now, much of the General Assembly's work awaits the governor's verdict until lawmakers return to Jefferson City this summer to consider overriding any vetoes. Speaking of vetoes, late on Friday, Kansas Governor Laura Kelly, a Democrat, said no to three bills passed by the Republican-controlled legislature this year. One bill limited the governor's powers to solicit competitive bids for administering the state's Medicaid program, and another restricts the governor's ability to enter into agreements in with state or federal courts to enforce election laws without legislative approval. Those bills passed during the session with enough votes to override a gubernatorial veto, but a third vetoed bill did not. That bill would have outlawed state mask mandates and prevented law enforcement from executing any public health orders. All of those vetoes go back to the legislature, which next convenes one week from today. As Missouri's redistricting debate appears to near its end, in Kansas, the saga only continues. It's been months since the Kansas legislature passed a congressional redistricting map, a map that was quickly struck down by a state judge in Wyandotte County who found it to be racially and politically gerrymandered to favor Republicans. Today, the Kansas Supreme Court takes up an appeal of that ruling, and Kansas News Service reporter Dylan Lyson spoke with editor Stephen Caranda about what's happening today in the high court. The Kansas congressional redistricting map that lawmakers drew was struck down in district court. So, Dylan, why is the case now heading to the Kansas Supreme Court? Well, almost immediately after the ruling came down, the uh, office of Kansas Attorney General Derek Schmidt um, appealed the case to the Kansas Supreme Court. Um, they argued that the map should not have been struck down. What did this judge in Wyandotte County find? Why did he strike down the map after Republicans, you know, redrew all four of our congressional districts? Well, after the map was drawn, civil rights groups sued, arguing that it was uh, politically and racially gerrymandered. Um, they were specifically pointing to Wyandotte County, how it was split in two, and uh, the northern half, the more racially diverse half, was moved to a new district. And um, then the Democratic stronghold of Lawrence was moved um, to a more rural and Republican district that represents western Kansas. The judge found that uh, those moves were discriminatory toward people of color in Wyandotte County for violating their rights. So if I'm understanding correctly, basically the attorneys said those moves were discriminatory and the judge agreed, didn't he? Right. He ruled that the map was racially and politically gerrymandered. Um, at one point, he called the evidence overwhelming. Um, but he also uh, said in court, um, the crux of the case isn't whether racial and political gerrymandering occurred, but whether if those two acts are a violation of the state law, which he ultimately said is true. Um, he said Kansas uh, laws on free speech, voting, and equal protection rights were violated. 
So the attorney general's office is challenging those arguments, including specifically saying that gerrymandering isn't necessarily illegal under Kansas law. Am I right? Right. The office is arguing the judge misapplied the law. Um, They believe there's no uh, law in Kansas that says political gerrymandering is illegal or legal. Um, And then also they believe um, there was no racial discrimination because the by moving um, the people of color in Wyandotte County to a new district, the overall racial breakdown of the four districts remains roughly the same. However, there's two questions that will come up in this case, the political question and the racial question. Um, A legal expert told me the racial question will be much easier to prove uh, because Kansas law is much stricter on racial issues. So this lawsuit now is headed to the Supreme Court. What will the justices actually be doing? Well, first they're going to hear arguments from both sides, um, and then they're going to need to issue a ruling, either to uphold the judge's ruling striking down the the map or reversing the decision. Um, But they're kind of running out of time. They only have a couple more weeks before a June 10th deadline for uh, uh, candidates to register to run for election. I know the timing of this is a big part of it because you mentioned June 10th is the filing deadline for some races. It's normally June 1st and they're already looking like they're going to have to move it. So with all those, you know, deadlines coming up, what happens if the justices do strike down the maps? That's a bit of a gray area. Um, We don't know what uh, they would order um, to be done. Um, This is brand new legal territory for Kansas. So either they could say the Kansas legislature needs to draw a new map before that deadline, or they could keep the old map in place, which was used between uh, 2012 and 2020. Um, And then, of course, there's also the option that they reverse the decision and the map that was drawn by the legislature stays in place for the next 10 years. That was Kansas News Service reporter Dylan Lyson talking with editor Stephen Caranda. The Kansas News Service reports on health, the many factors that influence it, and their connection to public policy. You can find more at ksnewsservice.org. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Brian Ellison. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and Trevor Grandin and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. The legislative sessions may be over, but our coverage of state politics and government is not. Stay with KCUR.org or catch us on the radio at KCUR 89.3. Nomi Ujiadeen's back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.